1: Welcome into Loho Daily. I told you that we were going to probably continue talking about golf. If you missed the Masters episode with Tyler Jacobs, you should go back and check it out. It's pretty good. Today, I wanted to focus more on Tiger himself. Like I wanted to talk a little bit more about Tiger Woods and the legacy of Tiger Woods. Get a real historical perspective on it. So today on the podcast, I am bringing on someone who I go way back with. Barry Rosner is one of the smartest golf people I know. He breathes golf. Like, he absolutely loves it. He has a, a tremendous perspective. He understands the history of the game. And part of the reason that I want you to hear from Barry is because Barry talked about the scenario that happened on Sunday that when Tiger Woods finally got healthy and he was in contention for a major that all of these guys that had grown up, you know, watching or idolizing Tiger Woods were going to at some point see Tiger Woods rear his ugly head and then they were going to crawl up and die as Tiger Woods wins a championship. I think that we saw that a little bit with Francesco Molinari, and I feel bad that I'm even saying it, but didn't that seem that he shriveled up? Like, didn't that seem that way to you, that he shrunk, that he became shorter as the crowd started to roar a little bit more about it? But I had to bring Barry onto the podcast. Barry is a columnist for the Daily Herald. It's a paper outside of Chicago, Illinois. But he's done all sorts of stuff as far as writing books and writing speeches for people. He is one of my absolute favorite people on the planet, and there's no one. And The Rock means no one that I'd rather talk golf and Tiger with in particular than Barry Rosner. Walk me through this. What was it like for you watching Tiger Woods on Sunday?
2: Wow, Lawrence. Um really just um, the culmination of what I believe to be the greatest comeback in the history of sports. I mean, you really the only thing that, that's ever come to my mind is Muhammad Ali, who had, you know, the best years of his career taken from him by the U.S. government, but came back and, and won the title two more times when he was far from his best. And in some ways, uh, it reminds me of that. I mean, it, it, Tiger had some of the best years of his career taken from him by injuries. Others, uh, you know, would suggest that he probably lost a couple years to a scandal, but I, I don't believe that that really had an effect on him. If if you think back to what he's gone through since the the knee surgery in two thousand eight, through the four back surgeries, all the swing changes, and everything else, I mean, he really hasn't been. Tiger Woods, the Tiger Woods that that most of us remember, he hasn't been that Tiger Woods really since about 2007. Yeah, he he won the U.S. Open in 2008 at Torrey Pines. He uh, went on an incredible run in 2009; should have won the PGA Championship, but he was he was merely piecing it together. He had all sorts of things wrong was wrong with him, and he he went through all of those swing changes. So there was a lot that he had to fight through. But what he's been through the the four years prior to 2018 when you think about a guy who in it you know in august september of 2017 still was having trouble getting out of bed and at the president's cup in 2017 said he didn't know if he'd ever play golf again then you fast forward to last march you and i spoke last march at length about this and you asked me where he was and i said lawrence if you if you watch what he did at Valspar, when, again, he was, he was using a new swing, he was using new clubs, he was using uh, a new uh, length of, uh, of driver, he was using new wedges, he was using a new ball. And you add all those things up, plus trying to figure out what his body could do He was merely piecing it together, and he lost Valspar by one, having to hit iron off the tee on 18. And I said to you the next day, not only is he going to win a lot more, but he's going to win more majors because he's just starting to figure this out. If he can stay healthy. It's always if he can stay healthy. And at that point, we really didn't know what to think. To get from there to here, in my mind, makes this the most incredible comeback in sports history and makes today – the greatest victory in the history of golf.
1: So what things was he figuring out, and how did he figure them out?
2: Everything. Everything. He, was, he, he had to learn to walk again. He had to learn to swing again. From a golf perspective, he was piecing together a swing, a new swing. While playing on the PGA Tour last year and taking the lead at one point in the British Open, Coming close at the PGA Championship, coming close in numerous tournaments, and then eventually winning the Tour Championship, all while just piecing something together. Um, you played baseball. Imagine a pitcher who hadn't thrown a ball for four years. I mean, he played in he played in one tournament in 2017, zero in 2016, eleven in 2015, and seven in 2014. That's 19 events at the same time all of these tour players with whom he's now competing were playing 20 to 25 events a year. And he played, he played almost no golf for four years, certainly none for two years prior to last year. So it's like a pitcher. Imagine a pitcher coming off of Tommy John and labrum surgery and learning to throw again. And within what, seven, eight months, nine months, winning the tour championship in Atlanta and competing in major championships. He was just, he was guessing a lot, Lawrence. He was trying to figure out his distances. He was trying to get his fields. Um, he, he says fields. What, what does that mean? That means it, 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 it means having your hands on the club and understanding what your distances are going to be. Not just, not just with your longer irons or even your mid irons, but around the greens and on the greens. He's trying to get that feel back in his hands. Again, with, with new wedges and new iron, different weights of those clubs, and a new shaft in his driver, and a new weight of his driver head, and a new ball, all of these things are the, to put all of those pieces together You know, after having spinal fusion. Having to figure all of those things out at the same time, a normal human would never figure it out again but you're talking about the greatest golfer who ever lived you're talking about you're talking about the michael jordan of golf and and comparisons are 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 wide ranging when you com- when you put those two in the same sentence the mental toughness the ability to overcome the ability to stay in the moment the the desire to shove it up the ass of every person who says you're never going to be able to do it again it reminds me of of michael in 93 again in 93, everybody said the Bulls wouldn't beat the Knicks. And in 93, everybody said the Bulls wouldn't beat Phoenix. And then when Michael came back uh, and, and they failed against Orlando and, and he didn't shoot well, they said, well, he'll never be the same player again. And then, then the next year, of course, they set a record for victories and, and swept through the playoffs and won three more championships. Um, Uh, Michael didn't go through the physical problems that Tiger did. But in terms of mental toughness, in terms of the desire to stick it to everyone, in terms of seeing the young guys coming up and wanting to take on every single one of them and show them what he's made of, they're they're similar in a lot of ways. And uh, for my money, the two greatest who have ever done anything in the history of sports.
1: You cover both guys. Your perspective on this is, is really unique in, in that because there, there's not a ton of crossover between basketball writers and golf writers. What I think is interesting about the, the the comp that you make is that it seemed clear early on that Jordan considered him a peer, which is not something that Jordan ever does.
2: No, he, de- he doesn't go out of his way to do that because when you're the greatest to ever live, how many more of those people are going to be walking around on the planet at the same time? But in, in 97, when he wins the Masters by 12, and a couple of years later, when he wins the U.S. Open a Pebble by 15, and people like uh, Nick Price and Colin, Mon- Colin Montgomery are saying he plays a game with which I am not familiar, Michael could recognize that greatness. And they became good friends, and I think, I think Tiger – Learned a lot about the way to approach things mentally from Michael Jordan. Um, probably learned some of his fitness from Michael Jordan too. Maybe maybe too much. Maybe too much gym time from Michael Jordan. But it, they're they're similar in so many ways. Um, I'm particularly amused, and you know how this makes me laugh, Lawrence, because we talked about it what uh, thirteen, fourteen months ago that all of these guys all of the Dustin Johnsons and Brooks Kepka's and Justin Thomas's and Jordan Spieth's and Reed Fowlers and and uh and and Jason Days and and uh, the list could go on and on and Francesco Molinari <laughs> Yeah they all said they all said we we want to see Tiger at his best well That's never going to happen. I mean, Tiger Woods is 70% of what he used to be. 70% of Tiger Woods, at his best, is still better than most of these guys. And he showed that today in the Masters. What amuses me is they had no idea what they were talking about when they said that. And today they found out. Dustin Johnson said after the round today, he said, I've never heard noise like that before in my life. And you know that it's different when it's a Tiger roar. There's no bore like that. And and that's because people love this man. They want to see the greatest who ever lived continue to win tournaments. It's just, it's just like with Jordan. I mean, people recognized what they were seeing, and they didn't want to see it end. And it is similar now. This is a gift. I consider this a gift to be able to get Tiger Woods back and to see him winning tournaments again and now to see him win another major. I, I consider it one of the greatest sporting gifts of my lifetime. What, you know, like if you look back to Thursday and Friday and you think about him missing eight or nine putts inside of five feet, if he makes half of those today, isn't even much of a contest. And that's the way, that's what it used to look like when Tiger Woods was in a major. Is it didn't look like much of a contest, a lot of those times, not for all 14 previous majors, but for a lot of those. And, the fact that he can't practice everything the way that he used to means certain parts of his game are going to lack from time to time. But he's still the greatest iron player who ever lived, and you saw that again today, him flushing his irons, the, the the shot from number 11 from the trees where he gets it on the green, he had maybe 16 feet for birdie, burn the edge. But the fact that he made par on that hole is where he won the golf tournament. So he makes bogey on 10. He somehow makes it. Brilliant hook out of the trees on a brutal hole. 11 is just it's just a nightmare of a hole. And then they go to 12, and on 12 you see four players in the last two groups hit it into the water for double bogeys. Here's another comparison to Jordan. Jordan had the ability to know when to step on the gas, when to be patient, and, and how to get by without his best stuff. And, and Tiger has that ability as well. And today he was just patient. He just stayed patient because he knew where the tough parts of the course were coming. He knew where the scoring holes were, and he just he let those guys come back to him, and then he hit the gas, and then he and then he took.
1: Them. I was
2: and if I, you and if you don't think Lawrence that those guys aren't standing on 12 tee think speed. And thinking about Tiger Woods being in the same group and hearing the way the crowd reacts to him, if you don't think they were intimidated, then I don't know what you were watching. All went to pieces.
1: What does it sound like? You've been there. What does it sound like when, when Tiger's walking up a green?
2: Well, I, I, here's the thing. Now, I've I've walked 18 with him. I don't know, 30 or 40 times during the years that he played at, at Cog Hill or, or Medina or Olympia fields or, or um, Conway farms. And obviously when you're with them, the, the roar is deafening. But if you're on another part of the course, for some reason, the players all look up and they all kind of look at each other and they know what it means. There's only one person who can make that sound. The, uh, it, You know, the old stadium, old Chicago Stadium, for those who who may be out of town listening, it's the loudest building that was ever created. And and for for hockey, it was almost always loud. For basketball, it was rarely loud. But in the second quarter of Game 1 of the 1992 NBA Finals, when Michael had that ridiculous run of threes, and it ended with the uh, the, the Pippen miss layup and the Michael put-back two-hand jam. And then they come down and Paxson hits him in stride for one more three. And the roof blew off the place. I mean, there's just no one else who could make that noise. And that's what it's like with Tiger on the golf course. It's just, uh, it gives you the chills. It, um, it, it It's just, it's unlike anything else you could hear on a course. There's a lot of popular players. People like Ricky Fowler, you know, he's uh, he's he's one of the most popular guys on tour. You know, people seem to like Rory. They obviously admire Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and, and Jason Day. And people like Jordan Spieth. There's nothing not to like about the guy, in, in it, you know, on the course or off the course. Uh, but it's different. People worship Tiger Woods because we're sports fans, Lawrence. We're all sports fans at heart, and we understand when we're watching the greatest to ever live, and you just you just don't want it to go away. And I'll say this: Jack Nicholas is back in play. It's funny the the narrative two years ago was Tiger will never win again. That's what all the critics said. And then when they when he won, they said, "Well, he'll never win another major." Now he's won another major. Watch the narrative shift. Everything you read over the next twenty four hours is jack nicholas his 18 majors are back in play and um you know i you know me enough to you know me well enough to know that uh, i never doubted that if huge if
1: if he's healthy
2: i never doubted that possibility and uh, what you have now is the intimidation factor back because you know when he was when he tried to play through injuries, and you know he won eight times in 2012 and 2013, but he was doing it with mirrors. He was hurt. He was going through swing changes. I hated the Sean Foley swing. It made him a robot. He got the most creative player who ever lived when you put a golf club in his hands. Let him be creative. Let him feel it. Let him let him invent things. That's what he does out there. Um, but the the 2012 2013 Tiger wasn't wasn't particularly intimidating. Then he's hurt for four years. And those guys never, they never experienced the roar or Tiger at his best. And while he's never going to be 2007 Tiger Woods, this Tiger Woods is pretty good, which is what you saw today. And this Tiger Woods is going to get better going forward as he gets to work on the things that need work. Again, always with the qualifier, assuming he stays healthy. Um, you know, he had a neck injury, uh, what was it a month ago that, that affected his ability to practice and yet he still goes to match play and with nothing talk about a Jordan comparison. You know, if I can't shoot today, I'm going to go to the bucket. Well, at match play, he had nothing and still he, he, he takes down Rory McIlroy and he gets to, what was it? Uh, Saturday afternoon. So he got, the, yep. he, he got to the quarters, um, with nothing with, with with no game at all he got to the quarters in a, in a you know a terrific wgc field so um they're they're going to see an even better tiger woods assuming he stays healthy and i think that'll scare them and it should scare them
1: where does this masters or let this major win rank for you in tiger's career well,
2: I think it's by far the greatest major win of his career, given all the circumstances. Obviously, 97, you know, that was the coming out party. He wins by 12 at the Masters after shooting 40 on the front on Thursday. He wins the Masters by 12. And at Pebble, a couple of years later, he wins by 15 in the U.S. Open. No other player was even under par. Those were pretty remarkable but this to me has to be the greatest and i think given time he'll say that this was the greatest because no one believed it and there was a time when he didn't believe it either i mean when he couldn't get out of bed you think he was thinking he was ever going to win another major <laughs> you think when he was you think when he was in pain lawrence when he was having uh, those other back surgeries surgeries before he finally committed to the spinal fusion you think he thought he was going to win another major i mean he couldn't swing the golf club so this one this one not only had one of the greatest leaderboards you will ever see in your life but after it was over his kids there and,
0: and i know that
2: was something that mattered to him as much as is beating dustin johnson who's a who's uh one ma- who's won a major Sandra Schauffele, who is going to win a major. Brooks Koepke, who's won three. Jason Day, who's won one. Webb Simpson, who's won one. Uh, Tony Finau, who will win a major. Molinari, who's won one. Rahm, who's going to win majors. Uh, and so on and so forth. This this leaderboard is extraordinary. As much as, as satisfying as that will be, I think it's going to mean a lot to him that his kids got to see only what they've heard about and read about uh, for, for all of their lives and are now old enough to appreciate it. I think that's probably going to stay with him. But, but for me, yeah, this is, this is the greatest one. I just um, I, I think it's truly remarkable that he's been able to do this. But as I said, there was never a doubt in my mind that if he could ever get healthy, that he was going to stick it to everyone, and he's done that. It's going to be really uncomfortable for a lot of people sitting down for the next couple of days there's a lot of people who said this was never going to happen and they took great pleasure in his misery and you know that's the way it is that's the way it is with greatness and i understand that some people love greatness some people hate greatness there's still people who hate michael jordan i understand that in the cities of of Portland and Phoenix and Cleveland
1: and Detroit, New York. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, ruined a lot of franchises, right? So I get that, but there's a lot of people who just, a lot of people thought he was arrogant. And of course, Michael Jordan was arrogant. You cannot be great without some arrogance. And Tiger Woods was always really arrogant. And, uh, I just, I don't know how you can be great without that, without that belief. And um, so there are those who will continue to root for him. There, there are those who will continue to root against him. But even those people, I think, would have to take stock and admit that this this is one of the great days in the history of sports, at least in our lifetime.
1: I love your perspective on things. So I'm going to ask you a question that's really big, but I think that you're qualified to answer it. When it comes to impact of bringing more people into the tent of golf, a game that I know that you love. How would you describe Tiger Woods' impact on the game?
2: Well, I think you have to think of it like the way Michael Jordan brought basketball to to China and 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 the far east and um and and South America and to to the entire planet. I mean, look, we we know what Bird and Magic did for the game but michael took it to another level arnold palmer really created the modern game he he brought more people in he created a tv generation jack nicholas took it to the next level but tiger woods was the first person of color not only to be successful but then to become the greatest golfer who ever lived I mean, that's the reason Tony Finau is playing golf. Tony Finau is going to be a great player in this game. You, you saw a hint of it this weekend, and he's just really getting started. That's why Tony Finau plays golf. Uh, that's also why Fowler and Spieth and, and, uh, and, and Jason Day and, and John Rahm and Justin Thomas and, and, and dozens of other guys in the top 50 in the world, they're all part of the Tiger Wave. They all, they're all playing golf because Tiger Woods made it cool to play golf. That's on the course. There are, there are tens of thousands of young people of color playing the game because of Tiger Woods. But, you know, how much that will impact the game at the professional level, who knows? But in terms of viewership, in terms of ticket sales, in terms of making the pga tour something that people wanted to watch it was even with arnold palmer and jack nicholas it was still what you'd have to consider it 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 was sort of a, a country club event even on tv and was for a relatively small percentage of the population but tiger woods took it to a new level and when he was at his best from 97 to 07 that was reflected in the ratings. That was reflected in in, uh, in the popularity of the PGA Tour. That was reflected in the purses. That's why that's why you saw Ian Poulter tweet today. We'll never be able to express our gratitude to this man for what he did for the game. What he's saying is when they when they first started playing, I mean Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson will tell you when they when he first got on the PGA Tour. And, you know, Phil and Tiger, I don't care what they pretend publicly now. These guys are not friends. They don't particularly care for one another. And I understand it from Phil's perspective. Tiger took a lot of wins out of his pocket. But Phil Mickelson understands. When they first, when he first started playing, the entire purse they were playing for was a million dollars. Everybody. After After Tiger started winning on the PGA Tour... The winning amount was a million dollars. So now there are some purses where the winning amount is close to two million dollars, and that's because of Tiger Woods. But I think Tiger represents to people uh, uh, of all colors, and I hope I'm not overstating it, but it's 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 what I've seen when I've walked the ropes at, at a tournament. You, you see an awful lot of black people out there. Uh, it, watching a golf tournament. When Tiger's not playing, I, I just don't know that you see that much of that. So I think that's sort of an indication of what he means to the game and what he means to people. And I mean, I don't, I don't think you have to, I don't think you have to be black to, to admire what Tiger Woods has done on a golf course. But I think for, for minorities, he certainly, certainly represents opportunity. And uh, that's probably going to – there's probably going to be something of a rebirth in that now that he's back and at the forefront of the game.
1: Barry, my friend, I appreciate your time. As always, I thank you. And I wanted to give you a platform to talk about golf, man, because you were – you called this. You absolutely called this. And as soon as I saw Molinari hit it into the water, I was like, that's Barry – Barry saw that coming years ago. Well, you knew
2: it was going to happen. It's happened so many times before. I've seen a lot of guys crumble in his presence. Um, Molinari certainly seemed unflappable for three and a half rounds. It, sur- it, it sure didn't seem like it, it. You know, there was any chance it was going to happen. But it's always happened before. I expected it to happen again. Even the great Brooks Kepka put one in the drink on 12. It's just the effect that Tiger Woods has on people, and um, I, I, I think we'll probably see more of it going forward. Again, given health, Lawrence, I, I believe this is, this is one more step, but I think we got a long way to go.
1: Barry, thanks for doing this. It's my pleasure to have you on this podcast, and I appreciate your insight and your friendship.
2: No, uh, back at you, Lawrence. Uh, You've always been a great friend, and it's my pleasure to do this. I appreciate you allowing me to be on your
1: podcast. Anytime. You're always welcome here, sir. That is always going to be the case. Have have a great week. Hopefully, there'll be no more snow, and you can get get yourself back on the golf course.
2: All I know is I'm drinking tonight, Lawrence.
1: (laughs) Good man. That's a good man right there. That is Barry Rosner. He is the absolute truth. I adore that man, and I'm glad that you will get the opportunity to, 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 to hear him talk about golf on this podcast. I love that. I love that. I hope you enjoyed it. It's a fun conversation, and Barry's the right guy for that that conversation. He loves the game. He knows the game, and the, the Jordan stuff is just great. Great comp stuff. So thanks for listening to Loho Daily. We'll have another great episode for you tomorrow.